And this is View of the Valley's podcast, season three, episode eight, with TJ Hoover and Chris Smith. TJ, how you been? Fantastic. Can't uh, can't wait for more basketball. We're almost halfway through the seasons, the the, the conference seasons, and just that much closer to the tournaments. And I, it's honestly, it's it's my favorite weekend of the year when we get to the MVC tournament. So the closer we get, the better. Let me ask you this question. Okay. When you go to the OVC tournament or you watch the OVC tournament after the, or even the day of the championship game, do you almost feel like this sense of like melancholy, like, oh, damn, it's over? Like, it's, isn't it a weird I thing? Like, feel that, one of your favorite, yeah. favorite things in the world, and you're just like, oh, crap, it's here. <laughs> yep. Then at the end, it's like, oh, well, yeah. guess I got to watch one team in the tournament. And I get to wait 360 days for this tournament to happen again. Yeah, but I, I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm ex- always excited for it. Like, even better that my alma mater's, you know, leading the league right now, which makes me probably more nervous than anything. At oh, least I'm when, sure when they're middle of the pack, you're like, yeah, they're, they're where where they are. So, but are you doing better this week? You were on your uh, deathbed last week. I was on my de- well, I wouldn't say deathbed, but yeah, I felt terrible. But yeah, I feel a lot better. Got to go to work, fortunately, I guess. But mm. yeah, I know. But, you know, rather be at work than homeless. So you got to gotta earn that money. Powered through. Just like our, just like our buddy Chris says, like, got to make that money. Got to make that money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what he lives by. Yeah. Not my co-host here, Chris, our friend in common, Chris. Yep. I know exactly who you're talking about. But, anywho, uh We'll look back at the OVC and MVC games from last week and look ahead to the current slate for this coming week for both conferences. Uh, exciting week in the Missouri Valley last week, TJ. Yeah, I mean, last week we said it about the OVC, or at least I did, what a difference a week makes. What a difference a week makes. Again, Indiana State goes from undefeated in the league to losing back-to-back games, you know, even one in Terre Haute to SIU, and then kind of a surprising loss, I think, when they lost at Missouri State on Sunday, you know, I thought uh, Donovan Clay did a heck of a job for the Bears, really carried him in that game. Uh, had a surprising game. I think it was really eye-opening for everyone in the league with Drake just, you know, putting it on Bradley. 86-61. I don't know if you – we haven't talked about this. So, Drake beats Bradley 86-61. Coach Wardle, Bradley's head coach, shows up to practice a couple days later, and it says – 8661 ESPNU just right in his player's grill. You imagine you just got thumped on national, national television, television and your coach wears that you're like, hey boys, this is what happened to you. Enjoy practice. Today. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, so that was uh you know, it was an impressive performance by Drake, who I think has been kind of I trying to figure out what they are this year because they've been up and down, you know, kind of trying to figure out where they're at with all this going on so clearly they're a home team oh for sure you know they have the one the one road win i think it was over missouri state when they finally broke through there but valparaiso wins a couple games you know i think you know we can talk about the schedule later but you know valpo finally sees those other teams that they saw evansville who's also winless and then you know sure. they defeat uh illinois chicago as well so they get they get two wins here since we're recording on Wednesday. They play Tuesday night for that game, and and Murray State seems to you know kind of 
betwixt and between. You know, they'll have a really good game, and then they have a game like they had last night against uh, Belmont, where you know all of a sudden the wheels just kind of came off. You know, it was a close game at half, and they just couldn't get, get anything going in the second half. So, um, you know, it's it's you have your top teams. I think you know, I think you got to take SIU, Indiana State, uh, Bradley is in there. Belmont's in that discussion now, but then you have teams that kind of maybe that's a sign of a team that's they're inconsistent. So, who are they? You know, you know. Missouri State loses to Illinois State, then turns around and beats Indiana State. That's really confusing to try and figure out, you know. So I'm, I'm still trying to figure out who's who. I think we know who kind of the bottom three or four teams are, but Illinois State, again, is promising to kind of get out of that that bottom tier. I mean, you look at it, and I, I, know, I know it's hard to win on the road in college basketball, but especially this year. I know we talked about it last week in the OVC, but even the Missouri Valley this year mm-hmm. – um, you know it better than I do, but all the teams, even in or in the middle, you know Drake nine and zero, Bradley ten and zero, and those two teams combined are three and ten on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, even Murray State six and one at home, two and seven on the road. Right. It's just, it's I don't know what it is. I think you know, you look at SIU and they're five and three on the road, and that, I mean that they're the only team with a winning record on the road. Yeah. Now, granted, that's not in conference play, and I think they are. I think they have a winning record in conference play too. If I check my notes, but uh, I mean, there's only one team in the OVC that has a winning record on the road as well, and that's also Southern Illinois. Well, that's Ever- Edwardsville, right? Yeah, Indiana State's three and one on the road in conference play, and so is Southern Illinois. So, but then they both lost to each other at home. Isn't that weird? Yeah. So, it's it'll be I I'm getting it'd be really interesting to see cuz the top 4 seeds this year, if you remember, since they've gone to 12 teams in in the Missouri Valley, they take all 12. Yeah. You have to have a top 4 seed to get a, a bye of Thursday. I mean, before it's so top, wide open right it, now. Top six, but now it's top four. I mean, that that's a huge difference. I mean, if you're the five seed, that's a significant change for you. Oh yeah, that you have to play that the twelve seed. And Evansville last night against SIU. I mean, SIU jumped out. I think it was uh, was it six minutes before Evansville had a field goal, but then made it a, a, an eight point game. So let me ask you this: I, I, We may have talked about it. Uh, leading up to the season, but are you surprised Belmont is second in the Valley with their transition from the OVC, especially with maybe some of those losses they had at the beginning of non-conference play? I thought they'd be top half. I don't think they'd be top two. Uh, I think part of that too is some of the, the road struggles that Drake has had. I expected them to be higher up. I think that's fair to say. Sure. And, and Bradley as well. Um, I think SIU, I, I kind of had them in my mind. I was thinking fourth for them to be top of the league right now. But, you know, I think so much of this comes back to kind of the imbalance of the schedule, too, because, you know, SIU only has to go to – doesn't have to go to Belmont. That's bizarre. Can you imagine it comes down with those two teams tie and Belmont's like, yeah, we didn't get to play SIU at home. 
I mean, that's huge. Right. You know, and I understand the 20 games, but just, and then just the inconsistency in the schedule of, you know, <clears throat> you, you might be done playing one team, but you haven't even played another. And it makes it, I think it also makes it hard to judge. So I know uh, I saw the Twitter account, Mid Major Madness, was, you know, posted the standings for the Missouri Valley Conference. It's like, how does this happen? Well, part of it is that imbalance of the schedule, like Valpo, Illinois, Chicago, and Evansville hadn't played each other yet, you know. And at the, at the time, I think they were they had one win between the three of them. Well, looking at the standings, you know, you mentioned the top four get get those buys in the Missouri Valley. Um, is there anyone that's not in the top four that you could see finishing in the top four? Oh, Bradley for sure. Because I mean, you're looking right now. You have a. I mean, they're still tied for fourth. Sure. So. You know, I think, but so is like Northern Iowa and Missouri State. Yeah, I I think Bradley's the one that, if I had to choose of any of the other nine teams, that they're the one that would move into the top four there. Well, okay. I guess yeah, because look at the way Drake put it on Bradley last week. They're your number three team. So, but you know, now all of a sudden you get you get a day off while if you if it breaks down this way while Missouri State has to go and play Evansville. Wonder who's got more home games remaining too out of those uh out of those four teams that are five and three. Uh I think it's pretty even. That is one thing about the schedule I'm not critical of is it's it's pretty even in terms of okay. home games and road games. Cause I think uh before this week they all you know they had eight games and every team had four on the road and four at home. Oh, okay. That's that's pretty Yeah, it's a little bit different balanced. looking at the the OVC, I think they weren't quite as balanced. Yeah. There were some teams that had, you know, four road games and two home games and vice versa. But really that's that's that can get solved here because I know like I think SIUE is in the midst of a about a three game homestand here. Actually four game homestand, I think. So you're gonna be busy. Yeah. That's good for my my bank account. <laughs> and I really enjoy it. I mean, I'm just sometimes don't tell anyone. I'm just surprised they pay me. Yeah, you do a good job. Yeah, for a, me, a mediocre talent. Ah, don't cut yourself short. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. So, on the OVC side, over the last week or two, I guess it's really only the last week since they don't play until Thursday. Is there anything that stands out to you? Games that well didn't go the way you expected or were like, like the break, the break, the break Bradley game, <laughs> the Drake Bradley game, which was a surprising final score. Well, I think, I think you got to look at the Tennessee tech Moorhead game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tennessee tech's on a roll. Um, and Moorhead has struggled on the road, but even still um, seeing what Tennessee tech did to start OVC play. Right. I mean, just, ice cold against Mm -hmm. SIUE and Lindenwood in that road swing. But since then they've rattled off three straight wins and, and they've been three games where they've scored a lot of points and they held Moorhead state to 62. That was a 17 point win for Tennessee tech. And it was a one point game at, at the, at the break. But a lot of it, you got to look at as Jalen Seabury transfer from Moorhead state as a grad transfer. He chips in 20 points. That's the difference Mm -hmm. for uh, Tennessee tech. But um, Alex Gross, though, from Moorhead State, 
I mean, it seemed like anything that he was throwing up going in. 23 points, three block shots. Uh, they fall 79-62. And that was a game that I, I watched from start to finish. And, I mean, Moorhead State, leading up to that game, was a solid team all year defending the three. But Tennessee Tech was on fire from from three-point range. A lot of that had to do with uh, Seabury as well. Um, SIUE did what they were supposed to do against Eastern. At least I thought, 80-62. to 62. Um, yeah, I, I, I still, I guess I'm still trying to, to see if SIU really is as good as they seem to be playing. I thought that was a good test for them because Eastern Illinois had been two and zero at home, you know, to start the season. And I thought that was going to be a good test for them. And, you know, and to Eastern's credit, it was a battle early on, you know, a five point game at half, you know, and, uh, Dewan Pruitt puts up a double, double for SIUE. Yeah. Big one. That, that. That dude is, I mean, for a sophomore, that dude is, 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 I mean, he looks like a, a, a 24, 25 year old man as opposed to, you know, a 20, 21 year old kid, you know, so he's really made a difference for SIUE this year. But I thought that was a really good indicator for SIUE to go to Eastern Illinois, who, you know, defended their home court well so far yeah. in, the, in the regulars in the conference play. And you knew yeah. that it wasn't going to be a just a pushover game, seeing right. what they've done in right. the last month. Yeah, I think. You know, I think Coach Simmons has done some good things in the, the last two years there. Uh, Trevor Lakes had a great game for Southern Southern Indiana. Uh, they knocked off Little Rock 74-67. He also had a double-double, uh, had 10 rebounds. But I think one of the one of the key spots that I thought, um, that was SEMO at home. Um, put up a 94 spot on Lindenwood. Uh, Lindenwood was having a – they were in a nice stretch as well. They had beat Tennessee Tech. Um and it played well going into that game against SEMO. And, I mean, SEMO just lit it up. 94-71. I mean, everything that they that they had was going in. Um, Barnes had 20 points and three steals. It's great to see him healthy again. Um, he had missed some time for SEMO during a stretch where they were in that eight-game losing streak. Um, Childs had 22 points. I mean, he looked good against SEMO. And, um a lot of them were contested, but they were still falling in. Uh, UT Martin, that was a good road win, I thought, for for Coach Ritter and his team, uh, beating Tennessee State 77-66. Um, that's, been, that's been a low point in the OVC this year, uh, road teams not being able to get wins. And, yeah, it's and Tennessee State's a, a team. Disparity. And Tennessee State's a team that um, there's, I know there's a, lot of, there's a lot of game left, a lot of season, but – I was expecting them to be near the top as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they have some size and they have some skill. Um, but that's kind of what stood out on Thursday. Um, Saturday, I think I think you got to look at um, the game that stood out was the Simone Moorhead game. Um, Philip Russell, 37 points. Have a day, kid. I mean, out it, I mean, he has his moments where he can just fill it up. Yep. You know, putting some serious ink on that stat page. Yeah, he once he starts knocking down a few, it's contagious. And that was a game where Simo was down a couple guys. Um, so it was big for him to be able to step up. 91 points. So last week, Simo scored 94-91, uh, leading the league in points on offense. Um, so they keep that up. Uh, that final week of the season could be a could be a hell of a game against SIUE mm-hmm. at uh, – at, SIUE, I believe. I don't know off the top of my head. I think it's at 
at SIUE. I can look here, though. Um, but Tennessee Tech, 71-63. They kept up with what they were doing. Uh, Ty Perry, 15 points. Junior Clay had 22 points and seven rebounds for Tennessee State. Um, Tennessee State led at the half, um, but they're only one and five on the road. Uh, Eastern Illinois, another home win for them over Little Rock. Um, so you were at the SIUE e game against Linwood. How was the uh, atmosphere with both teams being basically an hour apart, if that? Did I tell you about this? Uh, I don't think so. There, There's some bad blood there. Really? Yeah. I mean, I. it was interesting. A lot of players chirping? Yeah. Like, to the point where, I, and I don't know, it was... Subtle enough that I don't know if anyone else noticed, but maybe my proximity to the court. But they had assistant coaches that stood at half court for the entire warm-up session. Yeah, it was, I mean, I loved it. There was nothing vulgar, nothing, you know, didn't get physical or anything like that. But you just, sometimes you can just tell when a game means more. Sure. And that early on, you could tell that it meant more to both sides. So, and after the game, things were fine, you know. And I think what happens too is a lot of these players are recruited by both schools. Oh, sure. You know, uh, some of them played against each other in high school. I think the child's kid went to Alton High School, if I remember correctly. I know they had a kid, or maybe it's the, uh, the Caldwell guy. I think he went to Alton High School, which is in the same high school conference as uh, Rayshon Taylor would have played in. Sure. So, you know, those guys, and, you know, again, the proximity, they're playing on AAU teams together against each other, stuff like that. So that's probably where some of that comes from. And after, you know, after the game, everyone was cordial. Everyone, you know, dapped up and, you know, felt like everything had, had gone by. But, yeah, there was definitely a different tension in the air. And SIUE's putting some butts in the seats. You know, they've done some good promotions and students coming back. You know, I think it's going to make a, a big difference uh, at SIUE. So as the season goes, I'm expecting a pretty good crowd for the Moorhead State game, to be honest with you. I think if people are paying attention. Should be. And that SEMO game is the last game of the year. Okay. And if things kind of stay on this trajectory, I think you could see – you know, some big things for senior day for SIUE, which I don't, I'm not sure if they'll have senior day. Cause I don't know how many seniors they have, but, but yeah, it, uh, Kevin Caldwell went, okay. is from Alton. Yeah. Um, actually was at Swick first. Yeah. yeah. So I think that would be, he and Rayshon right at the same age. Yeah. I believe you're right. So chances of them having not played against and against each other and probably together are not very, I mean, they're, they're really high. So, I mean, if, if you're not working another game in the area on that on that weekend, I don't know if they play on that Thursday or Saturday, but SAE's got to make that trek to Lindenwood as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm sure that's going to be a yeah, it's going to be a big atmosphere. Now, were the students back for for that game, or are they still on break? They for, were back. Yeah, okay. I think SAE students came back on the ninth. Okay, so they would have they would have been there. But outside of that, TJ, uh, that's basically what happened in the OVC. Um, Philip Russell was the OVC Player of the Week um, for good reason. Thirty-seven points against Lindenwood, and then or against Moorhead, and then I think nineteen points against uh, Moorhead State, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, pretty good week. Yeah, it's. Uh it's a lot of fun to watch these games this year. You know, I think it's, it's even on the OVC side, like 
if taking away Murray State and Belmont, I feel like everyone really feels like they have a shot this year. And it's exciting. I'm not yeah. saying it wasn't exciting like the last if, couple of years. If you but- feel great for the league when Murray State and Belmont are good to kind of show out for the whole league, but now it, it takes on a different temperament that, hey, we can have a chance to play. It doesn't feel as top heavy. It just feels right. balanced throughout, you know, one to 12. Yeah. I think those other teams, like, you're starting to see projections now for the NCAA tournament. They're putting yep. SIU Edwardsville in there. Well, now those other teams, like, they're not that much better than us. We can beat them. We can, sure. we can, we can be the team to be there. And it was great, you know, when, you know, the success that Murray and Belmont had, mm-hmm. or even, uh, you know, when Jacksonville State was in the tournament too, because mm-hmm. um, you knew teams like that they were going to give give those Power Five schools a run for their money, and you know you'd get that 11, 12, 13 seed, and you knew it'd be a close game. But now, yeah, the OVCs dropped, and maybe the net or overall RPI for all the conferences, but nonetheless, it's still exciting for for all the programs to have that chance to make it to the tournament, which they haven't, some haven't had in a long time. But what's it looking like in the Missouri Valley this week, TJ? Well, since we're recording on Tuesday, you know, we talked about Evansville and Southern Illinois. Valparaiso getting their second win. They defend the home court against uh, Illinois Chicago, and Kobe King puts up 24. He's had a, a big week, scored his 1,000th point of his collegiate career. And my son shared this with me. I'm not sure if he heard it on the Valpo broadcast, but Kobe King is the only MVC player to have scored in double digits in every game for his team this season. Wow. I mean, I mean somebody, somebody that's not even close. I mean, hasn't even been considered for the Larry Bird player of the year. But, I mean, you're talking Marcus Damask, Donovan Clay at Missouri State, Bowen Bourne, who's leading the league, uh, Tucker DeVries. Had one game where he only had nine. You know, shoot, if I had nine games <laughs> in a game, I was pretty – or nine points in a game, I was pretty happy. But, you know, that's – I think that that's a testament to Kobe just to, as to all the players that are in the league. Ben Shepard hasn't done it. No, that's – I mean, it's outstanding to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's it's tough to do. The the better players in, you know, power fives have str- – I mean, they can't even yeah, do that. You have, you have a bad night. Yeah. Um, but – with him being the only one doing it, do you think that's a that's a testament to maybe other schools just because maybe they have more of a balanced starting five compared to maybe you know Valpo maybe more or less well I mean I, one or two guys. I don't even think Kobe like when you think of players at Valparaiso Kobe's not the first one you think of you think of Ben Cricky sure you know so he's not even like your primary scorer but he's still consistently putting that in there night in and night out you know. So obviously the focus is to, you know, stop Ben Cricky and maybe Kobe's, you know, uh, benefiting from that. But I wouldn't shortchange him and say that, you know, I mean, he's he's still putting it up against those teams. And like I said, every game they've played this year, not just in conference play. You know, we touched on the Belmont-Murray State game, a four-point game at half. And then, you know, Belmont just takes off to start the second half. Ben Shepard with 23 points and six boards, you know, uh, it really just kind of took on a different feel. It, it was almost like I watched the SIU Evansville game and they had that big lead and they just kind of held on because they kind of, I feel like, got complacent. Evansville didn't quit. They kept playing yeah. hard. Whereas 
you've anyone who's been around the game long enough, you've been a part of that all of a sudden, both sides of it, you've been on it all of a sudden. It's like, holy crap, we're down 15. What, what happened? <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, it just, it felt like more than a 15 point game as that went along. So, and tonight it looks like Indiana state's struggling again, that they, they led Bradley earlier. They're, they're playing in Terre Haute and with about four minutes to go, looks at like they're at the under four timeout. Bradley's taking a 69, 60 lead. Wow. You know, Cam Henry is having a heck of a season. He's on the cusp of a triple double right now. We talk about road games. That'd be a big right. road win for Bradley. Right. And you know, then, I think some questions kind of come in, like who was in who's Indiana State? True, true. You start out league play six and zero, oh, and they had some good wins in those first six. You know, obviously they you know, we talked about that they won at SIU, but you know now you've lost three in a row, and I think that's kind of where that balance of the schedule, like you know, being done playing a team early. Like, well, if you were somebody who played Indiana State early and they were playing really well, that and somebody else gets to play them later in the year when they're not playing well, it. I just, I just wish that you, in a perfect world, you'd play everybody once before you play everyone a second time. I, I wish that's how it would be as well. I mean, I, I think it makes most sense. Yeah, but I know there's a lot of other factors and sure. sharing of facilities and and yeah, travel. You know, they put travel teams to get you know put two teams together to travel to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, make scheduling easier. So. Northern Iowa up to a 10-point lead coming up on the half here against Illinois State. And then Drake is uh, up 13 on Missouri State. Looks like that's going to go to the half as well that way. So uh, Tucker DeVries already with 11 points for uh, for Drake. And, uh, you know, it, maybe some things will start to shake out. So looking ahead to this weekend, I think everyone plays on Saturday. Southern Illinois at Missouri State. And I think... Southern Illinois, I don't know if they've ever watched them play really well at Missouri State. In the years I've been watching them closely, I think they've they've always struggled there for whatever reason. Um, you know, Northern Iowa at Illinois, Chicago, that's the game I think Northern Iowa should win. But, you know, we've talked about that it's always tough to win on the road in this league. And then Drake and Evansville. And Evansville, I, I think things are going to start to click for them. You know, honestly, as an SIU fan, I'm kind of glad – or past them because you don't want to be that team that loses to them. Yeah. You know, and I saw it happen a couple of years ago. I think your marquee game of the week though is, is Belmont going to Bradley. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's Brad in Bradley's undefeated at home. Mm-hmm. You know, Belmont's playing really well. I think that that would be a heck of a game to see. Um, is that nationally televised? Um, I don't know. I wish it would be. It says ESPN Plus right now. No, it looks like Indiana State, Murray State's going to be on ESPNU. Oh, okay. Which is another good matchup. Yeah. I mean, that's another one I, w- I would look forward to seeing. And I know they're in the, the bottom third of the league, but Valparaiso going to Illinois State, that's an interesting game. Especially having won two in a row. Yeah. You know, and Illinois State had beaten uh, Missouri State last week. I think they're, you know, showing some signs of life as well. The coach is uh, doing a heck of a job there, and the kids are competing. I think that's what you want. You know, I think that's like with Evansville. They've had some some down times over the last couple of years, but to watch them really compete and keep playing to the point where last night that Marcus Damask came off the court 
with 31 points. And then all of a sudden, Evansville cuts it to seven. And like, well, the mask and Jones are back at the scorer's table. You know, one of those things as a head coach, you hate to like, gosh, Dixie, this is not what we wanted, guys. I'm sure I'm, you know, you look at the score, like, okay, Evansville lost to SIU by seven or eight points. Well, Evansville was probably pretty happy. Like, guys, we, you know, you showed some heart. You came back and SIU was like, guys, what? Why aren't we finishing this off? So, well, and I think also, I mean, Illinois State's five and four at home. So, I mean, they're they're beatable at home. Mm-hmm. So, what stands out to you looking forward to this next week in OVC play? Well, I think I think you mentioned it. Um, the SIE Moorhead game is going to be that should be a big game. I know Moorhead they've had their battles on the road, um, but they're well coached. Uh, Coach Spradlin, um, they they're really going to try and slow the pace down. I believe you know when at SIUE. Um, SIUE, with with these games being tomorrow, the lines are out um, from Vegas. SIUE is favored by nine and a half against Moorhead, which God, I, that seems like a that seems like a big spread. It is. I th- I think it is a big spread. But then I thought the spread against Tennessee Tech was was kind of off too. Yeah. So I think it, it just depends what Moorhead's going to be able to do on offense. And watching SIUE in person, I mean, they hound you on defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're up and down the missed shot. They're back on defense. I mean, they make it tough. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's a defensive battle game. The over-unders at 138. Um, so that's, that's a little bit lower compared to some of the other games in the OVC. SEMO's uh, five-point favorites at home against UT Martin. Um I'm looking forward to the offense in that game. And Vegas set it at 156. You know, that 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 doesn't surprise me at all. You look at the starting lineups between the two. You got Philip Russell, who's in the top five mm-hmm. in scoring, and so is Chris Harris. He's number five. Then you look at two of the guys on UT Martin and Parker Stewart and KJ Simons, and they've done their part in scoring this year. They've been in the top five, top ten mostly, most all the year, or the whole year. Uh, so looking forward to the offense in that game. Uh, Little Rock host Tennessee Tech. Is Tennessee Tech going to be able to keep up what they've been doing? Um, yeah, it's on the road, but I think this is a game Tennessee Tech should win. If if their offense is able to click like it's been doing, I don't think Tennessee Tech should um, should have an issue on the road. Uh, they're favored by one point. Um, Tennessee State hosts Eastern Illinois. Really looking forward to that game. Um, Tennessee State's favored by eight, but what Eastern Illinois team are we going to get? Mm-hmm. Is that going to be a team where – that beats Iowa. <laughs> that beats Iowa or, you know, they have three conference wins. You mm-hmm. know, so they, they're ahead of Tennessee State right now. Um, but I just – maybe their defense keeps them in the game and it's a lot closer and then it comes down to free throws. And then you have the the battle of the new D1s yep. in St. Charles. I wonder how comfortable this feels for Southern Indiana – since they played at Lindenwood for the last how many years in the GLVC. You know, when I went to the MVC media day, that's one of the things that some of those players from Illinois, Chicago, Belmont, and Murray State talked about, like being excited about going to these new arenas and stuff like that. And I'm sure there is some excitement, but now it's just like, hey, we've been here before. We've played these guys. There's history between the two teams. You know, it's, it's not like learning a new opponent Sure. It's one night like, all right, this is this is comfortable. This is this is home, even though you're, you know, because just because it was an old GLVC foe. I do think it's a nice road swing for teams now that go to SIU because most seem to be 
doing it with Lindenwood, either Lindenwood first, SIU yeah, because those are the two they partnered up. You know, so that I mean, because obviously it makes the most geographic sure. sense. So then on Saturday, you got Southern Indiana goes to SIUE, uh, Eastern Illinois at UT Martin, Tennessee State at Little Rock, Moorhead State at Lindenwood, and then Tennessee Tech travels to SEMO. Um, I think that, you know, Tennessee Tech and SEMO could be another good game. Um, if both teams win mm-hmm. um, tomorrow, I mean, that, that that game could mean a lot for the standings right there. Yeah, SIUE still in first. Um, but I think SIUE, I think if SIUE plays like they should, they should do their job and they should still be in first with Moorhead and Southern Indiana. But what Southern Indiana team are you going to get? Are they going to be a team that their three-pointers are fallen or are they going to be cold? Um, Don't you really think a lot of that has to do with home cooking? Because, I mean, they are lights out. At home. At home. And then on the road, I mean, they're one and eight. Beat two of the best teams in the Missouri Valley yep. at home. You know, so, and like you said, one and eight on the road. So, but the, I mean, that what a disparity. I mean, not just in conference play, but overall. Overall, yeah, you're exactly right. But I, I know it was a loss, but their threes were falling at Mizzou. I mean, they were in that game with mm-hmm. Mizzou from start to finish. Um, I think it was a double-digit gap there for a while, but their threes were falling, just keeping pace. And we know Missouri's had a heck of an offense all year. Um, I think Moorhead will – if Moorhead doesn't get on track against SIUE, I think they get back on track against Lindenwood. Um, I think the the pace of play there will go in favor for Moorhead. Um, Tennessee State at Little Rock should be a – should be a solid game for Tennessee State on the road, um, but Little Rock's five and two at home. They've been a team that's just been, no offense to them, but they've been awful on the road. I think yeah, they're winless. I think, I think they're still trying to find their their footing in the league. I don't think they've they've adapted as quickly as Lindenwood and Southern Indiana have. Yeah, yeah, you're right, and maybe that has something to do with uh, you know being freshly into the D1 level. Um, maybe that gave Southern Indiana and uh, Lindenwood more of a, I don't want to say a chip on the shoulder, but some, yeah. more, maybe, maybe more to prove to who, yeah. who they're bringing into, you know, so, but that's what we got this week in the OVC TJ, a lot of good games, a lot of good matchups. Um, some may not think they're good matchups, but if you look at the home and road splits and, and some of the size differentials, and I think it should be a pretty good week within the conference. All right, I got a challenge for you. Something I, I'll do for the MVC. I think I did it for the OVC last year. Okay, we're approaching the halfway mark. Okay, I'll put together a document of all the games for the rest of the season for the OVC. Okay, and before the the second half of the season starts, you have to go through and project which teams you think are going to win all of those games. Okay. And then that way you say, all right, I think SIU finishes with this record. Do you want me to seed the tournament too? I mean, we'll know what it is by the time you have your what you think your records are going to be. But see, the, I think I think what happens when people, when you have your prognosticators like, oh, I think this team will be, like, does anyone ever go back and look like, well, it's not – mathematically possible for those teams to have those records you know so i always like to go through and like individually like all right this 
win here, win here. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. So, and then we'll see how how we do. So now we have enough data. When do you need the spy? I'll work on it Friday. Well, I don't have the document together yet. Oh, I can go through the schedules, though. No, it's got to be in my format. You just, <laughs> I can still look at the schedule, though. Yeah, you can look at the schedule. Okay. But I'm off work Friday, so get some time. Okay. I'll give you a, a look-see as to what it looked like from last year. It's fun to kind of go back and like, Jesus, I thought that team was going to win that game two, three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you bring a good point. Yeah, that'll be interesting. And you're going to do the same thing on the Missouri Valley yeah. side? Okay. I'll probably do the same thing for the OVC as well, just because I nerd out on this stuff. You're talking about a man who's gone paper pencil the last two weeks and figured out home scoring, road scoring, and overall scoring in conference play for all 22 teams that we talk about. <laughs> Did I know that going into last night's game that Indiana, excuse me, Evansville had scored one more point on the road than Southern Illinois had given up at home in conference play. Yes, you did. Yes, I did. <laughs> and they they easily beat the 56-point average that they had. But you enjoyed doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's like, wow, where'd the time go? Well, I've been doing this for three hours. Oh, mm-hmm. I guess I'll go to bed. Yep. What's your wife think? When you're just crunching numbers like that. Oh, what are you doing right now? Oh, going through uh, road and home points per game splits. Probably about what she thought when she came home a couple of years ago and it was college football championship day. And I had th- I have three or four TVs going. And I just hear, what the? Sh- <laughs> what? What do you mean? I'm just making sure all the fire sticks work. <laughs> so did she turn around and leave? No. Mm. She sits down there like, which which game do am I hearing? <laughs> you have four games on. You can only have volume on for one of them. Yeah. True. The real problem becomes is when one remote works for two TVs. Like, dang it. <laughs> Unless those are the two you want switched and you can hit mute and it flips them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I struggle with that downstairs. Like, I try and turn one TV on, turns both of them on. But it only turns both of them on or both of them off. Like, it doesn't work. The volume's different yeah. for both. It's weird. Yeah. Then you have to do that weird kind of, like, shadow the, with yep. your hand to the side of the, of the remote. Yep. Oh. You have cancer of the hand, sir. <laughs> You're co- covering remotes a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It'll be exciting, though. We're, I mean, I think both, both conferences are having, they're going to have a great race here to the end. Yeah, definitely be a great race for the end and an exciting, at least it'll be an exciting term in the OVC. Well, everybody in the OVC has got to be excited that, hey, you know, there's somebody different. You know, there's 100%. You know, and you don't even have like your top two team, top two teams plus Janai Broom. Well, and I also wonder, like looking at the, looking at what's in the OVC, I'm starting to wonder which team now will bring the most fans to SI or to Evansville? Um, yeah, I mean, I know Southern Indiana's in Evansville, but not looking at them, I mean, before you could expect Murray to bring mm-hmm. damn near the whole town. But now with them gone, who's going to step up and bring that support? Yeah. Now maybe it's different because if one of these teams has the one or two seed, 
now they know they have a legit chance. Maybe more fans show up. Yeah. You know? And I don't know if enough people know what a deal it is for OVC tickets. Is it 60 bucks? Yeah. You're getting what? Seven men's games, seven women's games. Yeah, both. I mean, if, if you like basketball, if you're an OVC fan, I think, I mean, even if you're not just an OVC fan, even if you're just a basketball fan that like lives in Evansville or mm -hmm. just near, I mean, what a deal to go watch hoops. Yeah. It's kind of what happened to me just living in the St. Louis area. I mean, obviously I went to SIU and that that was kind of invested there, but I mean, I get to go watch these games and you know, I'm paying, you know, two and a half times more. Yeah. And, and happy to do it. I mean, it's not like I feel like I'm getting a bad deal on my end. It's just a heck of a deal to go do it for the OVC. So I, I mean, if you live within an hour of Evansville, I think it's well worth your money. Oh yeah. I agree. I enjoy it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I noticed that the OVC pushes the tournament as much as the MVC does. You know, I, I don't think they do. Um, well, I mean, Maybe it's different living in this area because you get to see all the Missouri Valley ads and stuff. But, you know, seeing stuff, like, even like social media posts and stuff, you see more, I think, on the Missouri Valley side than... But, I mean, even like watching the games, like you watch an OVC game and it's like, I, I don't see the ads. And sometimes, and I, it may vary from school to school's broadcast, like there's times it's like, all right, guys, I know. The MVC tournaments March second through the fifth. I know which hotel my team staying. Like, but that's what you kind of want it to be. Oh, it's like sure. to keep bringing it up and like, man, maybe I should go back. I, I would like to see a bigger push from the OVC. I don't think you're wrong with that point. But with that, TJ, uh, do you have any final thoughts here? I think that kind of wraps up uh, the recap and look ahead from the two conferences. No, I think I covered it all today. I just, you know, excited to get back to watching basketball. Yeah, uh, going to be an exciting finish um, Thursday tomorrow for OVC Hoops and uh, actually going to the game, SEMO uh, and Tennessee Tech on Saturday. So looking forward to that. But with that, TJ, I got nothing else to add. So we'll wrap up episode eight here on View of the Valleys. For TJ Hoover, I am Chris Smith. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next week for episode nine. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at View Valleys Pod, and you can subscribe to the podcast on Google, Apple, and SoundCloud. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a good one, everybody.